Dean Lucky and Matt DeBerry here again on the Roundtable on Dog Post. I don't know, Matt, if we're going to have to come up with a different name. This is sort of the Roundtable. Yeah. Sort of recruiting Roundtable-ish. Uh, yeah, we'll keep thinking. We'll figure that out. Maybe, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, we both got a chance to see this past week uh, Georgia's open practice. I do kind of want to start there, and then we'll spill into recruiting, which by the time folks hear this, you know, recruiting so ever-changing, you just never know what will happen from one day to the next. But right. what, were your overall, what was your overall take of that practice on Saturday? I thought it was a really good practice. I thought they were energized. I thought it was really well-organized. Uh, a lot of guys running around. Um, again, I, I really like the energy, and uh, I think we talked earlier, the size that they put on is really it, – it's crazy. The offensive line is huge. Um, the defensive line weren't as big, but they showed some athleticism, I thought. And the young guys stood out, too. A lot of the younger guys stood out that I saw. So a lot of good stuff to take away from that practice. What did you see? I think the biggest thing was the size. Maybe I'm kind of overdoing it. You know, um, I was talking with someone this, this morning about Clemson's defensive line and the size and so forth, uh, or not the just how good they are, kind of. Um, right. I said size thinking of Georgia, but um, – <laughs> It, it is, it will be a curious thing to see. I was talking to them about Clemson and Alabama and the game that they played last year. And I still have actually not watched that entire game. Um, I know Clemson did not, they had a hard time doing what they wanted to do at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Just, everything just kind of went from there. But um, I said to them, well, what's, you know, what's going to change? Could, could you run on them? And um, his answer was no. And I said, well, what's, you know, what's going to, and they said, well, I think the offensive line is going to get better. And um, I, I guess my whole global point in even bringing that up was um, it, it, it does seem to me like you got to have both. You got to have both. Right. You got to have the offensive line and the defensive line in order to get to where you need to go. I mean, this, this thing looks like a three way fight right now between Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama. And I, I don't know where Ohio State fits into this right now, Matt. I mean, do you think that. I don't it's got to matter some what's happening up there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the latest. It, it seems like the longer it takes, the more likely they'll keep Urban Meyer. But I don't think, even with Urban Meyer, that they're on Clemson, Georgia, Alabama now, level. Now why? Right now. Why do you think that's not the case with Ohio State and versus, versus those other two? I mean, first of all, you know, Georgia and Alabama, I think, showed physically that they are going to be difficult to deal with um, this this season uh Clemson's not that far behind why is Ohio State not in your mind just looking at you know I went back and look at some of the recruiting the last two years I don't think that they can dominate along the line of scrimmage they've got some talent at the skill positions um little I, I question the quarterback play coming in right now so I do think Ohio State was going to take a step back before this whole you know Urban Meyer stuff the assistant stuff came about so I I I think they'll be better than Michigan. I think Wisconsin might be tough for them this year. Penn State will be pretty good too. But yeah, I'm not all in on Ohio State. Clemson, on the other hand, you know, we know they've got the dominant defensive line. I think the offensive line, it maybe not a question mark, but I don't think it's a strength of their team. Right. Whereas Georgia and Alabama, Georgia's offensive line should and probably will be dominant. Uh, the defensive line still is getting there, but they do show some athleticism. Alabama, I mean, that's 
still the offensive defensive line is two of the best out there. So, yeah, I think if you're combining, but I think, I think Georgia is. I'm sorry, Matt. We're on a delay to some degree. This is this is the new world of technology. Okay. Uh, I think yeah. to some degree that when you compare those three programs, who are three of the top four ranked right now. I mean, Alabama, I think, has probably the best combination of offensive-defensive line. Then probably, to me, is Georgia. And then probably Clemson because of the offensive line at Clemson. I mean, I, they're not bad, right. right? I mean, they're not bad. And I think I think Georgia, Georgia probably of the three has the, if you want to call it this, the worst defensive line of that trio. But their offensive right. line is probably better than the other two. I, I don't know. I would say they're... This might be the first year where Georgia's offensive line is maybe bigger than Alabama's. I mean, that that sky is the the potential for Georgia's offensive line is is scary after what we saw on Saturday. Um, big, physical, and they'll uh, they should have no problem running on everyone, including Alabama, if they you know playing in Atlanta, which I think they will. But Georgia should be able to run all over everyone, especially in the second half behind that offensive line. There's no excuses there. Well, I, I just do want to. I do want to look up uh, the Clemson Alabama statistical, you know, situation from um, the the twenty eighteen game. These games are sort of spilling into years together, and right. I know it seems right. it seems to me, Matt, like uh, there's this romantic notion that those two teams should be playing one another all the time. But um, you know, th- this past year's game was really just not super competitive. Um, generally speaking, I mean, Clemson didn't even have 200 yards and uh, total. So I know that um, yeah, that th- that is a bad that is a bad scenario. They ended up with 64 yeah. yards rushing, and that's that's not going to get the that job was, done. I don't even know who their starting running backs are going to be this year. I was trying to think of Clemson running backs, and I mean they're decent players, but I mean. Their their skill is on the you know the skill players the receivers uh, on on offense and well, we should be looking forward but I do want to just point out that you know last year in that Clemson Alabama game Kelly Bryant was the most you know featured person I mean thirty six pass attempts he carried the ball twenty times now there's so, several of those are sacks. Um, I would, yeah. I, I could only imagine. Uh, it looks like one, two, three, four, five sacks. <laughs> so five of those nineteen are sacks. But um, had Adam Choice back there, Tevion Feaster, Travis. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So they, but they don't. Etn. Yeah. I'm sorry, Etn. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of, you know, there there wasn't much there. Right. And. Um, I, I I will say that I would be curious to have seen Auburn play Clemson up there with a healthy Kirion Johnson, but you know Clemson won the game. They deserved to win the game. They were a better team that night. I don't think anyone was beating Auburn on that night in November at in Auburn jo- uh, when George was there. They the were game. yeah, I remember that well. Oh yeah, yeah, they were they were pretty lights out. But um, yeah, it. it Georgia's offensive line is big. I think that was the point we were getting to earlier. Um, but I do think Jake Fromm played a lot better against Alabama than Kelly Bryant did, for sure. He so did, there's no question. He he definitely yeah. did. I mean, when you compare the situations last year, I mean, Georgia ran for 133 yards against uh, Alabama. Um, Jake Fromm went for 232. He he was 
you know, there, he made mistakes, no question. But, yeah. um, you know, Alabama was able, believe it or not, to be functional on offense. They had 141 yards rushing and 121 passing. They did not ask Jalen Hurts to do a ton. And, um, no. you know, but, you know, Georgia with 133 against Alabama's run game would make you think that they could probably run somewhat similar to the way that they did against Alabama last year uh, if they were to play yeah. Clemson in the fall. Do you think there's any way we don't see a Georgia-Alabama part two in the SEC championship game again? I mean, it it's, it seems like Georgia has a really easy path. Maybe someone, mm-hmm. you know, Alabama trips up a game or two. I don't see it, but it's looking like a collision course again between those two teams. Yeah, and it's not getting as much national attention. I mean, everyone seems to be completely in love with this notion of Alabama-Clemson 4, just the same yeah. way they were in love with um, uh, uh, LSU-Alabama all these times. But um, right. it's hard for me to see, Matt, how uh, Georgia loses twice in the in the East. And that's what I think will have to happen. Same thing with Alabama. I mean, um, Bama could lose to uh, LSU, but LSU's going to lose at least twice, I think. Uh, one of yeah. them probably to Georgia, possibly to Alabama, whoever. Um, I mean, uh, to yeah. Auburn, whoever. But I don't see it, – it's, it's hard to, for me to see how uh, Georgia and Alabama don't meet up in, in uh, Atlanta. That, that, that game is far more likely than an Alabama-Clemson matchup. I mean – yeah, I think that kind of goes without saying, <clears throat> but <clears throat> excuse me, the national media. And what I mean by that is particularly ESPN. They they get hooked on a particular thing. They want to see a particular thing, I guess, and you know that's how it goes. But Georgia Alabama is going to be a clash of the titans for sure. And the other think- the, the person I was talking to, and I'll let you talk for a second here, and right after this, yeah. the person I was talking to said, "Hey, you know, I just don't think you can go right out Alabama and beat them." I think Georgia can. I'm not, I, what I mean by that is that's the only way Georgia can play. So they would have to beat them that way. And they nearly did last year for sure. I don't know if anybody else can go straight at them and beat them. Because um, there's not a lot of teams. LSU maybe, but there's not a lot of teams built like these teams. Right. I mean, Kirby knows how to build a championship team. He's doing it. And what we saw on Saturday, again, it's just, you know, I think it was the what the second day of fall practice. Yes. But they looked like a championship team. They practiced like it, and it's going to be really hard, even for Alabama, to beat this Georgia team once they start clicking and get better and better as the season goes on. Because, again, I, I think they should be able to run on anybody. And so <laughs> you're, you're not going to stop them, the Georgia's run game in the first half. You're certainly not going to do it in the second half. So I do think the only teams that could should give Georgia a little bit of trouble is on the road, South Carolina, always a tough game, and then in Baton Rouge. So, well, LSU, LSU physically matches up with Georgia yeah. you know, in a way that other yeah. schools don't. Right. I think Georgia should win that game. They're more talented. But, yeah, that's going to be a really physical, physical game. Uh, but that's what Kirby's built Georgia to be, is to be a physical team who can win those physical battles and, you know, in the fourth quarter. They did a lot last year. Obviously, we saw what happened in the championship game. But, I mean, you know Kirby's telling the, the guys that. He's reminding them of what happened. And, I mean, it's hard to have a chip on your shoulder when you're this good. But, yeah, it's, you know, Georgia knows what happened. And uh, they're on a mission. They look like they were on a mission on Saturday. So, 
Well, we're, you know, it's so long away until, I mean, it's really a long way until they actually play games that matter. I mean, the Austin P game won't really matter. There's not a lot of great opening weekend games. Alabama is playing um, Louisville. Um, uh, <laughs> there's just not a ton of great games. Miami and um, LSU is a curious game to me. I don't know what to What's- make. Go ahead. Who's Auburn play? Auburn, Auburn's that, got Washington. That is the best and right? most consequential game of the, of the day, I mean, of the weekend probably. I mean, that is a huge yeah. game. Yeah, that'll be a good. One. That'll be a good. One. I think a lot of people are really high on this Washington team too. So sure. we'll learn pretty early on if they're for real or not. I think they are for real, but I got to tell you, if they don't beat Auburn, that's a tough blow. For the Pac-12, yeah. and I mean nationally, I think the biggest game should be Auburn, Washington, but it will be Michigan, Notre Dame. Um, yeah. That will be hard to turn your head from. We'll, we'll be getting back to the house right as that game kind of well, well <laughs> hits halftime probably, but I'll we'll be, be able to see. Well, that. I'll be watching Ryan Davis, I guess, that night too. Uh, yeah, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So we should talk about. We uh, should actually just get into that. I mean, the, the whole point is we are going to yeah. talk about. We are going to yeah. talk about the team. For sure. I mean, you, you you cover the team just like everybody else. Well, you cover the team on a weekly basis. You don't necessarily cover right. on a daily basis. You do cover right. recruiting on a daily basis. And uh, I guess right here will be the first place that I will share our um, aggressive schedule. Schedule. We, yeah, yeah. These are the people we anticipate seeing this fall. And Matt, just let me... These are games that we're going to before Georgia plays South Carolina. These are the these are the prospects we are going to see on Dog Post and be writing about on Dog Post. All right, you ready? You got your you got your pencils out. Let's do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> so this is one poor Matt has to deal with. The first one is just uh, Nolan Smith, Jaden Hazelwood, John Emery, Dominique Blaylock, Ryan Davis, Jalen Perry, Bill Norton. Uh, not Bill Norton. We will not see him before South Carolina. Uh, Ryan Gody is not before South Carolina. Chase, Julie Nixon tomorrow, right? Well, hold on. I got a long list here. JT Bertrand. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, JT Bertrand is uh, before the South Carolina game. Xavier Truss. Zion. Help me with the last name. Uh, I st- Logue. I'm going to okay. go with that. Uh, so I haven't figured that out yet. Zion, I, I think that's right, though. Zion Logue. Logue. Uh, Jermaine yeah. Johnson, all the way in Kansas. That should be fascinating. Trayvon Walker. So we'll see all of those commits before Georgia plays South Carolina. We will also see Arik Gilbert, Jermaine Burton, B.J. Ojolari, Jamil Burroughs, Miles Murphy, Cartavius Bigsby, who goes by Tank, uh, right. Rico Powers from Benedictine, Julian Nixon, who we'll see tomorrow night, um, Jonathan, Jonathan Jefferson, Brock Vandergraaf, Kamar Wilcox, Wilcoxon, excuse me, Xavier Carter, Dakari Collins, Jaden Thomas. Now, I don't know how many people that is, Matt. That's about 25 maybe. Who are you most interested in actually seeing play in person? Uh, you know what? Probably Rian Davis is up there. Um, he's a kid I have not seen in person yet. Big linebacker type, real strong kid. He's got really good size. I, I want to see how he moves. I want to see you know how he is with the pads on, getting out there. Um, so I'm really interested to see him. I, big time prospect. I know the Georgia staff liked him a lot. So 
I'm looking forward to seeing him. And then in the 2020 class, Rico Powers uh, from down in Savannah, the wide receiver, heard a lot of good things about him. Uh, he's got a Georgia offer. I think Georgia wants him pretty bad in 2020. So I'm looking forward to seeing him, too. I haven't seen him yet, either. Is 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 uh, Ryan Davis that big? Because if he's as big as he claims, uh, he really moves well for a big kid. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't think he's as big as Quay Walker. I think he's a little just shy of that, but bigger than you know, the Channing Tendall, the Nate McBrides, and that type of group. Bigger than Nicobe Dean, Owen Papo. So he's one of the, on the bigger side. He's bigger than the JD Bertrand, a little bigger than Tresman Marshall. From what I've gathered, again, I haven't seen him play, but I think he's along the lines of Quay Walker size wise. So if he can run and it shows that athleticism when he is a legit that size, um, he's going to be pretty damn good. All right, so so Julian Nixon could be the number one player in Georgia in two years. What are we? What should we be expecting? You know, Thursday night when we watch him play. Uh, I think he's gonna. I mean, he'll be the guy. I think the offense is gonna run through him. I think he'll take some snaps out of the quarterback position. I know the staff told us that they're gonna try everything they can to get him the ball in different ways. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of help um, on offense uh, on that Centennial team, so he's going to have to do a lot of that. Um, he's got the size. We, we know that. We went and saw him. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he's improved since December, since the last time I saw him. And I was really impressed with him uh, back, I guess, eight months ago. Um, I know he wanted to work on his speed a little bit and uh, acceleration and burst. So it'll be interesting uh, to see where he goes there. But he's going to get a ton of opportunities to make plays no matter what position he plays this fall. So we'll see a good bit of that tomorrow. What do you look for when you're watching a defensive back? You know, I, I will I'll sit here and say this, admit this publicly no problem. That's the one spot where I really have a hard time knowing what I'm looking at. So, you know, athleticism is one thing. Brandon Boykin, guys like that, I think are relatively obvious. Yeah. But this, I will say, is so uh, an area that it's hard for me to tell what I'm looking at sometimes. Are we only talking about length or are we talking about closing it's speed? It's nice to have length, but yes, closing speed and quickness, being able to kind of stop on a dime if a receiver does, being able to stay with the guy. A lot of that is natural know, ability. Um, it, it is, but the problem is that you so rarely see really any meaningful defensive back play in high school early. football. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, the big time defensive backs are getting these big time offers going to Georgia, Bama, Clemson, and so on in high school. They don't get a ton of opportunities because the teams aren't going their way. Um, like you said. So, I mean, it, if you see them, they're probably making, you know, coming up and making a nice stop uh, in, uh, against the run or something like that. But it's not like they're getting a ton of opportunities to go and make some interceptions um, or get beat at all. You're not going to really see that from a, a big-time you know, DB prospect. So it is tough, and you know maybe that is where uh, the camps really come into play. You see you know, an elite DB going up against an elete receiver instead of you know, some Joe Schmo that, you know, on a random Friday night. So, um, yeah, quickness, closing speed. Um, I like to see if you know he's got that mentality, that killer instinct a defensive back has. You know, wants to go up against everyone. I like DBs that talk a little trash too. Um, you know, no, high why? energy guys. So, uh, you always want to get into the receiver's head. I know there's a few DBs that have told me they, you know, 
if they can get into a guy, a receiver's head early on, you know, he might give up halfway through or this and that. Uh, now, the big-time elite receivers out there, it's not going to happen to them. But, you know, the average high school receiver, you know, if he's getting locked down a little bit in the first, second quarter, you know, the, the confidence is done, especially when that dude is in his ear talking and, you know, all that. But it seems that I've come across more DBs who talk trash out there than, than the receivers do. So uh, maybe it's just a positional thing. I don't know. But... Well, it's it, it is a, it is a position that it's tough at defensive back to because mainly those guys are playing um, center field. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's what it feels like more than anything else. Yeah, uh, I think George has got a few guys who will talk some smack a little bit in the secondary. I think Richard LeCount, DeAndre Baker will both do some jawing here and there out there. So um, it it is what it is. It's good to have a couple of those guys back there. I think um some vocal guys who can get into it with the other team but also be you know pumped the, the rest of the guys up on defense so just some some little to, that i'll notice here and there all right so jamil burrows is not so far away from pulling the trigger he'll play a couple of weeks from now uh in the corky kell and then obviously well not maybe not obviously but he's making his decision later in august between what he says Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama, which is quite a trio to be choosing from. Right. What, right. Do you, what do you make of that? Where do you think that stands right now? Yeah, I went and talked to Jamil uh, yesterday. They've got a lot of talent over there at McEachern. Spoke with a few guys, but Jamil was the guy I went to see specifically. Real big kid. You know, he told me, and a few of the staff members said he still has to lose a little bit of weight, uh, which I think he'll be able to do. But 6'3", about 3'15 right now. Big, strong kid. Um, who's athletic. He did show some athletic ability. Um, he moved pretty well. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't blown away watching him at the practice. Uh, I know it was really hot out there and this and that, but he looked good in the drills and in the 7-on-7, 11-on-11 portion. He did all right. I mean, it didn't blow me away. He didn't look like five-star. Uh, I think I've got him as a high four-star right now, number 13 prospect in Georgia. Uh, so he's a good player. He's definitely a take uh, at Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia. And, uh, you know, he's a guy in the middle who can, you know, clog it up there with some athletic ability. There's not a lot of guys that big and that round. Yeah, he's got some roundness to him um, who can move that way. So that did stand out. Um, yeah, he's a good kid. He's a good player. I'll tell you that. I don't and know why that, that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. I was just saying, uh, 25th, August 25th is when he will be making his decision. And, and uh, after speaking with him, I really love George's is there so that could be a big addition and another commitment um in the 2020 class later this month you know uh, that i don't know why that made me think of jay hayes the notre dame transfer who is now playing for georgia but he, he's certainly not round but he was getting double teamed quite a bit on saturday no, he's not yeah he, he totally looks the part pretty much in every single way and we were we, we opened up talking so much about alabama clemson but this defensive line at Georgia in this particular cycle, they lost John Atkins, who was, you know, not thought about a lot, but really... Did a lot of good stuff. Well, he had a, <laughs> he played with passion. Uh, yeah. You lose Trent Thompson, who I'm getting concerned about, honestly, about... I hope he's doing okay. Yeah. But um, those are the main two yeah. guys. And other, you know, they return, uh, you know... Two, either three of three starters or two of three starters, uh, whether you start talking about Ledbetter and uh, Hawkins-Muckle, 
Uh, they've got quite a. They, they, it's just interesting that it looked like Trey Scott was not doing such a hot job. Now all of a sudden you turn around and you say, "All right, well, this you know returning depth chart is pretty full." I mean, Julian Rochester played at McEachern. We'll see what happens with him. This this uh, is his year. I, I know that. Yeah, from talking to McEachern people yesterday, he was a little concerned about you know where they were playing him. I don't know why he wasn't there playing anywhere else. But yeah, he got a little down just taking on double teams each and every play. That's basically what they told him to do. So, but uh, you know, sources at McEachern say he's come along really well and he should have a big junior year. And that's exactly what Georgia needs. They need him to step up and be a big-time player. They've got Ledbetter over there, big-time leader who made a lot of big plays down the stretch last year. My guy, Tyler Clark, I've liked him ever yeah, since he was going to I was going to mention him. I mean, he's probably the best player that no yeah. one talks about, maybe even in the league. Yeah, you talk about disruptive. I mean, he's not the biggest or fastest, but he's got great, strong hands. He's quick, and he, he's, he's disruptive. That's, I mean, that's definitely the term I'd give him. David Marshall, another guy who made a lot of plays last year, he's going to provide them with some depth. So, a lot, and the, a, they, those guys have some versatility too. They could start, too, Jonathan. So. Uh, I'm sorry, Matt. They could start possibly six guys who are seniors on this defense. It, it, it you know, you're talking about Ledbetter, DeQuan Hawkins, Muckle, Tyler Clark. I'm not not Tyler Clark. I'm sorry, Jonathan Ledbetter, DeQuan Hawkins, Muckle, uh, DeAndre Walker, Jawan Taylor. Right now, in theory, Natrez, Baker. Uh, there's. No, no, he's got he's a junior. Yeah, he still has time. Yeah. So yeah. this is not a young defense by any stretch. Everybody's right. just kind of freaking out about losing Roquan. Well, you know, you lose good players. It happens. Someone's going to have to come up and play. There's going to be a lot more guys that are going to be three and out in the next few years. Uh, so that should be the norm, though. I mean, Kirby's building Alabama where he wants all of his guys to be three and out and just reload, 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 and that's what George is doing right now. He's, so. he's not even going to bother, apparently, to redshirt these kids because that's what it sounds like when he talks. He, he basically makes the case that there's no Hudson Masons out there anymore. He's, he's right. I mean, why would yeah. you stick around? You just you play your four years and you go. That's it. I mean, Robert Beal hardly played last year. He's a sophomore. Yeah. Jaden Hunter, it's going to be interesting to see where he plays, too. I don't know if he's found his exact position. I know we were talking about earlier, was it inside linebacker last year? Was it outside? Yeah. But he's a good player, but it seems like a few guys have maybe jumped him a little bit, too, just because he is kind of a tweener there. So there's a lot of really talented players that still haven't played a ton. Yeah. I mean, Robert Beal, some people had him as a top 100 player. Uh, trying to figure out what's going on with Amir Speed, who has what you'd think would be game-changing measurables. Um, there's a lot of guys. Yeah, he had a lot of hype last year. Yeah, I remember did. that. No, no, no question. No up. question. Yeah. But he he totally looks the part. But again, yeah. um, like for instance, you you'd rather have his body out there than Tyreek McGee's body. But Tyreek McGee understands how to play uh, multiple positions for sure, and. Mm -hmm. That means you can roll him wherever you want to roll him. And they've got, look, man, that one side with Baker, it's going to be tough for people to deal with Baker. He came back for his senior season. He was he was damn good last year. Mark, Mark Webb has been developed into a guy that very well could be a good safety for them. But they're going to have to have five guys. Where does uh, J.R. Reed 
enter the – I mean, J.R. Reed's coming back as a starter. Where will he play? Uh, same thing with Gibbs. I think they're just trying to figure out exactly where a couple of people go. What are the best five uh, kind of that they yeah. can get out there at the same time? And and some of the stars or the nickel uh, – I have to show it as a nickel on dog post just because we don't have star. Yeah. But just, you know, if Gibbs is playing star, that means Reed is not. And Reed is going to start. So – you know, they've got a lot of options at DB, for sure. And, you know, they're good options. I, mean, I don't think Correct. it's like they're struggling to find five guys to put out there. Whoever plays has earned it because you had to beat out a lot of other talented guys to break the starting rotation. So um, it, it, they're good problems to have right now. There are. And you go back, you know, to the situation at the offensive line. Kendall Baker is, uh, I think, 305 pounds, and he looks absolutely petite compared to everybody yeah. else out there. It's an interesting, Definitely. it's an interesting thing, and they basically are 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 13 or 14 deep on this offensive line. That's the amazing part to me. Yeah, I mean, there's a few positions that are really deep. Offensive line is one of them, but I think this receiver deep, or the receiver group is deeper yeah. than they've had in, in you know. Since I can remember, there's a lot of really good receivers on this team, and a lot of them we might not see at all this year. So um, that's good to have. They've, they've got weapons. They've got weapons for sure. They do. This offense should be fun. They, they do, and it seems like you just snap your hands, you snap your fingers, and this has happened, it seems like, in no time. Yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not, you're not wrong. And I think – just going back the past 13 months, what Kirby's done is incredible. I don't know if you know Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Dabo have, have done what Kirby has in 13 months. i got to go do the research and write a big, big thing on it. But from last, I guess, June till right now, so 14 months, yeah, that's not a long time. And he's just brought in so many elite guys here and has really changed the program uh, from that standpoint. So. Well, and Nick Saban um, did do that in 2000 yeah. with his 2008 class. I don't know if he did it within a year. Yeah. Clemson is not built the same way that Alabama and Georgia are. I mean, if you were to go back and look at their rankings, they I don't think Clemson has ever had three back-to-back top five classes in football. Now, I, I mean, I'm, I'm actually going to look it up as we speak here, but I don't think that they have. Am I, am I, I'm not super high on this 2019 class they're bringing in. I don't think half of their 2019 commits uh, could sniff a Georgia offer right now. So why? Not I exactly. Mean, like, what's sure. going on there? Uh, I mean, like, like Logan Cash. Uh, he's he's from you know, Winder Barrow. Uh, so uh, how far is that from Athens? Not far, right? Kind of no, around the corner. 30, Thirty minutes. Um, he's maybe. been to Athens. No. Okay, 30 minutes. Uh, but he didn't have a Georgia offer. And, um, yeah, I'm blanking on a few of the guys' names. They got Ray Thornton, a three-star out of Alabama, committed to Clemson. Uh, the Calhoun uh, linebacker that I don't know much about at all. He got a Clemson offer and jumped on it. A lot of guys that Georgia never even really looked at are getting committable offers from Clemson right now. It's interesting. It just is not shaping up to be a class that they maybe have brought in the past two or three years over there at Clemson. So. Well, we'll see look, how it turns. I mean, th- their class is not going to be the bulk of the 2014 team, but their 2014 class was ranked 16th. Their 2015 class was ranked 9th. Their 2017, 16th, I'm sorry, 
was ranked 11th. 2017th was ranked 16th. 2018 was ranked 7th. And right now, 2019, they're at 6th, but they got 22. So they'll probably finish in the top 10, but no, they not have, they have not at all recruited like Georgia and Alabama. No. I mean, I don't think no. they've really recruited like Florida State. I mean, that that's the question when you look at the ACC is Dabo and them have got to be given credit for what they've done with what they've gotten. Are they now going to be able, with the bridge that they built, are they going to be able to start getting high-level elite recruits? Um, maybe they would have if, if Kirby had not been around. They're, they're going to they're going to struggle getting them right now in Atlanta or Georgia uh, with him. Now I don't think Jeremy Pruitt necessarily enters into the equation, but uh, every little thing matters um, in recruiting. And I, I, I don't know. No, those two have not recruited like uh, Georgia and, and Bama, and it's really and they big, won't. What's that? They won't either. I mean, they're not doing it, and they won't do it um as long as kirby's there they'll come in and get their guys but it's i mean right now kirby's taking the elite the best of the best in georgia and then getting his hand-picked guys from out of the state so if you're a kid from georgia and you're able to sign with georgia i mean right now you've got to be one of the best of the best um so that's what he's doing in 2017 the rankings you know georgia ohio state and Clemson, uh, Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama since 2016 have been either one, let's see, one, four, and six in 16. In 2017, they were one, two, three. In 2018, they were one, two, f- five. So. <laughs> You know, you got a little Texas in there, and you got a little SC sprinkled in there. Right. In 2000, right. you know, 2017, nobody was in between them, although SC was right on top. And then in 2016, you had an old Miss in there somehow. But, uh, you know, Florida State had a, a good year. SC was top 10. But, uh, no, I mean, the, the way that those have been built, Georgia and Alabama have been, and, and Ohio State have been straight up by recruiting. Clemson has been, develop, has been built by development. And that, I, don't, I, I was going to say I think that's harder. I don't know which is harder. I really don't. I, I do think both. developing would be harder. you got to have the talent, number one. And it's great to develop guys, but you don't want to have to develop your whole class. You need right. to bring in some elite guys that you know, can make an impact early without you just constantly having to coach them up and maybe take a little bit longer. Um, well, Trevor is an elite guy, but he's a guy. Trevor Lawrence is an elite guy. But Trevor's at a position you got to develop. See, I mean, like definitely, he's not he's not a running back, right? All quarterbacks still need to be developed, but it it seems like Dabo right now is bringing in a few really, really good elite players, and then a bunch of guys that need to be you know really developed, have the potential, but really developed. So it kind of reminds me of some of Mark Rick's old classes. He brought in some really good players. Um, Every once in a while, you'd have a a super elite, one of the best in the country types. But then there were a lot of other guys who either did not get developed and didn't play or, you know, made a meaningful impact. But it's not like what Kirby's doing here. I mean, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, and it's it's been fun to, to cover for, for the dog post subscribers, too. I mean, I've just been reporting a lot of good news, 
yeah, the past 14 true. months. Uh, so it's making my job a lot easier. Well, th this program has never had this many quality players in it, and um, right. that's that's a fact. If you're if you're if you're talking uh, analytically speaking, that's a fact. So, you know whether they will pan out or not, I don't know. Not up to me. But they are as gifted I'm as. Yeah, no, sorry. I, I'm expecting a really, really good 2018 season. But Dean, 2019 and 2020, I mean, they, those are championship caliber teams. Those should be. I mean, these guys are these. I think these guys are championship caliber. They, they very could. They could be. They could be. I do think that they. I guess maybe 2019 and 2020 should be more talented. I, um, but we'll see. I mean, you, you have all these guys just playing in an extra year and. You know, the guys from these elite recruiting classes now, as they get older. But 2019 and 2020, they should be I mean, really, really tough to beat. But, I mean, this 2018 team could also go the distance. It's going to be yeah. beating Alabama and Atlanta. That's what it's going to come down to. I just, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah, and maybe, maybe having to beat Alabama the, at the right time. I mean, the, yeah. the loser of the SEC championship game, if they have 24 wins between them coming into it, the loser yeah. of the championship game is going to get into the playoff, but that's the only way. Um, if they both go in undefeated, do you think they're both going in the playoff? I think so, man. Because I think that I don't. First of all, I do not believe they both will be undefeated, but I think that it's going to just be. I think Clemson has the easiest general path. They have the, right. the, their most complicated game is either Texas A and M, Florida State, or South Carolina. They are double digit. They are going to be double digit favorites in all three of those games. I can't. Uh, let's say I can't imagine their ACC championship game is either coming against Virginia Tech or Miami. Games that they should win by just routining the other team. They should be. They should. They should get to the championship game and win it with not more than one loss. So that would mean to me, Clemson would go. Yeah. Now. If you're sitting there looking at Wisconsin, I mean, I'm starting to wonder if Wisconsin is going to be the team that comes out of the Big Ten, if for no other reason than they're not fancy, but they do particular things very well, which is being physical. Um, yeah. But whoever it is from Big Ten, they go in. I don't think Michigan or Michigan State or Penn State will wind up with just one loss where you can make the, the case that the Eastern Division champion could go, but that's out there. You can see that too. I do think that that conference will beat each other up a little bit. I, I, I think that's think right. That, yeah. Now, the other question is, um, you know, if if UW loses that first game to Auburn, it's going to be really tough to see how a, a Pac-12 champion Washington goes over a runner-up SEC if Auburn does not win the West. Right. So... USC is going to have to really pick it up and maybe go undefeated out there. But there's just so many strange games in the Pac-12 that can prevent you from... Well, there's also things that happen along the way. I mean, USC could lose to Stanford in the opener. Well, the, 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 the what's it called opener? The uh, Pac-12 opener. They play at Texas. Um, they have a, a very strange but it's at home Friday night game against Washington State I don't like that uh, they play at Utah they could lose that game although I know Utah is not so hot um, right. and obviously they play at UCLA so they've got some guys and they play Notre, they play Notre Dame as well 
So yeah. there, there are issues along the way. You look at Georgia's schedule compared to that. No, I mean it's just there's just not a lot necessarily in the way for the dogs, and there's not a lot in the way for Alabama for what they are. I mean Alabama's not playing USC, you know, who they beat by fifty in two thousand and fifteen yeah. or whatever it is. And then the other thing, Matt, is in the Pac twelve. Excuse me, in the Big Twelve. Who's going to come out of that thing? I mean, is is Oklahoma going to repeat, or is is someone going to get in Oklahoma's way? I'm I mean, trying to think that teams that could Texas could in theory they they could. Um, I'm not jumping on the tank the Texas bandwagon just yet. I think they will be better, and I think the program is on the rise. Don't think it's this year, but I mean, who's who's the quarterback at Oklahoma? Is it Kyler Murray? Is he, well, I, I think you've got three. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. know, I don't know, but that's the speculation. You've got you've got you've got three games that Oklahoma had had sort of better watch, and maybe, maybe I'm going to call it four. They play UCLA at home. They've got Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Of course, they well. They could lose to Texas, Texas Christian. I doubt it. They could lose to Kansas State. I doubt it. They play Oklahoma State at home. They play two weeks later at West Virginia. They could wind up playing West Virginia back-to-back weeks. The West Virginia game is a night game on Black Friday. Is they, it at West Virginia? It's at West Virginia. And it, that'll be tough. It could serve as a game where, I mean, these guys lost to Iowa State last year. Yeah. By double digits, right? I mean, if, at home. So, yeah, not double digits. They lost thirty-eight to thirty-one, but they lost at home. Um, so you know, I I, I don't know. I mean, the, the Oklahoma can really score. They're really good, but can you know, is Oklahoma State going to be able to sort of figure everything out? And they can always put up points. We'll see if they. Well, they can. can There's no figure doubt. Out a this but, year. but but they'll lose. They lose too. I mean, like they'll lose to Oklahoma, they'll lose to Kansas State, like they did. They'll, they'll stump their toe a couple times, like they always do. It happens. They're not an elite program. They're an extremely right. good program. They they play at, um, they they play. They're they they have a strange. They're playing Boise, Oklahoma State. Um, but uh, I don't know. You know, the Big Twelve and Pac Twelve and Big Ten don't. I mean, Clemson, I think, has the clearest path. I also think Clemson can lose a game and no one will care. They lose two games, they got a problem. Yeah, Yeah, that's happened every year for them. Clemson's allowed to win one game in the college football world, and everyone just kind of, well, it is. It happens every year. Let's just forget about it on Monday. You'll see the excuses that will start to be getting made for Alabama and Georgia, too, though. See, they'll, they'll be given credit for what they did in 2017. So those three programs in particular almost have a hall pass. I don't know if Ohio State does now. Yeah, you've got to earn that hall pass. You, well, you got to earn it. You can't get your teeth kicked in by Clemson and and you know and then expect people still remember that. Um, oh yeah, they got shut out, right? Was it, I don't know, thirty-one and nothing, and then and then Oklahoma beat their brains in last yeah. year. So they've had some tough losses on the national scene. Um, you know, they've let yet to lose to Michigan. What happens if they lose to Michigan? So there's a lot of moving parts. I've, I've rambled so much. I'm sorry, Matt. This was really only supposed to be a 30 minute show. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do think if you get two undefeateds, it's just sort of a seeding game in that situation in the SEC championship game. I don't think that 
a one-loss loser of the championship game, a la the, the Gators of 2009 or Alabama of 2008. I don't think that the loser of the game will get shut out. I, I don't buy it. Not now, but oh. if everybody else is undefeated, you got a problem. I just don't think I just don't think they'll be undefeated. That's all. I don't think so either. I don't think there's not an an elite team in those conferences that I think can run the table. I think everyone will slip up here and there. You know, the other thing too is we have to notice about last year is that it's clear Clemson knows how to lose the correct game. Right. Georgia lost the right game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know Alabama was really pushing it with the game that they lost, but th- as it they turns, got the benefit, yeah. As it turns out, they and, played on a road against a hot team, and they got it right. I mean, Alabama should have been in that Final Four. They should have, yeah, yeah. They they end up getting it right. But going back to your point, I think if Georgia slips up against South Carolina and runs the table, that loss will be forgotten about. If Completely. they lose to South Carolina, run the table, beat Alabama, they're in. So. Yeah. Um, it's not the end of the world if they lose a regular season game, but that means if they lose in the SEC title game, they're not going to be able to sneak their way in to that Final Four like they could if they're undefeated and losing. So you know, it's so interesting. Watch. You know, yeah. it's so interesting. I'll, I'll wrap it this way. You know, Georgia and Bama played have played once in 2018 already. I think most people expect them to play in the winter of 2018 at least once. They, of course, play one another in 2019 in a regular season game, unless I've gone mad. So uh, the, 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 the nutty part here is that um, those two will play, very well could play four times in 18 months. Yeah, I think this is going to be turned into one of the college football's biggest rivalries, not only on the recruiting trail, but definitely on the field now, too. It's going to be Georgia-Bama for it seems like a while now those two are going to be going at it um so i said they they play they do not play alabama they play them in 2020 uh if i'm not mistaken yes they play at alabama 2020 they play texas a&m okay at home next year georgia which will be interesting but look those two right now are on a path a collision path towards one another um well, I, we, we, we will possible. That's that's right. And we will see if Georgia and Clemson figure out how to schedule one another. Although that'd I'm, be great. I, I know everybody would love that. I I am skeptical of it happening while Trevor Lawrence is playing at Clemson. Yeah, a scheduled game. All right, Dean Leggy, Matt DeBerry, Matt. We will see you on the recruiting trail. Everybody, if you're not a member of DogPost, D-A-W-G-P-O-S-T.com. Thanks for listening on SoundCloud, DogPost, and iTunes. Catch us next week on The Roundtable.